0: Hey everyone, we have another great episode of The Roll Radio ahead for you, but before we get to that, please remember to share our posts, hit the like, subscribe, download, or whatever other button there is, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And this will help us to continue bringing you the great content and amazing guests you have come to expect. Now, let's get to the show. This week's guest has done it all in the world of jiu-jitsu and MMA. He is a leg lock innovator, multi-time ADCC world champion, tough season 7 coach, and fought in the biggest jiu-jitsu and MMA organizations in the world. Listen as he talks about the controversy over his leg lock game, when those submissions were still considered dirty, his memories of fighting in the ADCC, Pride, and UFC, and how fortunate he believes he is to be alive after a recent hit and run. Here is the Roll Radio with Dean the Boogeyman Lister.
1: Welcome to Raw Radio.
0: And we're live. Gary, how are you? Uh, I'm wonderful. Uh, I think we've got a very special guest today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But before we get to that, um, warriorsnextadventure.com. Uh, They are on the road, as you know, filming PTSD versus jiu-jitsu. And uh, when this airs, they will be um, in Columbus, Ohio, June 2nd at the Ronin Training Center. Then they will be moving to Until Valhalla, BJJ, that sounds a little scary, uh, in Independence, Kentucky. Submission Fighting, Daisy Fresh uh, in uh, Pettigrew, I'm sorry, Submission Fighting. And then they are moving uh, to Granite City, Illinois, June 5th, Head HQ. And then someplace I've never heard of, June 6th, called Roll Academy of Jiu-Jitsu uh, <laughs> in Orland Park. Uh, and that's, that's the final date of the tour. So if you haven't checked them out, definitely go hit the mats with these guys. Uh, Nick is doing wonderful things with WarriorsNextAdventure.com, uh, helping vets with PTSD through recreational training and jiu-jitsu. And he's filming a documentary along the way. Definitely check these guys out.
1: And let's not forget about Fuji, right? Um, I just literally, literally yesterday, had the privilege to talk to the guys at Fuji um and you know they actually congratulate us on like a, on, a, on a great show and 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 it cool. seems like they're enjoying and they're actually listening to it too. so shout out to carrie in particular uh from fuji thanks for the support and thanks for the great work that you guys do uh make sure you guys go to the and enter the server to get
0: your free gear from fuji yeah absolutely and i think maybe you should pay special attention to today's episode there might be a little something at the end of it uh hurting oh, that maybe. that key giveaway so but all right. That stuff's out of the way. Let's get to the real work. All right. The
1: boogeyman is in the house. Dean Lister. Yeah. How are you, sir? And you, do you even go by the nickname anymore or, or is that kind of faded away over time?
2: <laughs> no, it's uh, well, still uh, people call me that all the time. It's like uh, old school. It's like 20 years ago. You know, for some <laughs> mm-hmm. reason I got the name here.
1: Yeah. How, how are things going? you traveling these days quite a bit. Um, now I am.
2: Life is good? Yeah, now it is. Yeah, it was pretty rough the past. Mm a month or a month or so, but now no, I'm getting getting better faster. Why yes. If you
0: could tell that story a little bit. I mean, it was less than a month ago. Um, oh, and, and here you are, you're back on the mats, you're traveling all over, helping people out in seminars and stuff. But if for people who don't follow you too closely, uh, what happened less than a month
2: ago? If you want to lose 20 or 30 pounds, get hit by a car, get a <laughs> ruptured spleen. All and, right. Uh, I got my you, new diet you plan. To, you start to make some life decisions, you know, when well, I was walking late. At, well, late at nine nine o'clock night. Going to a Brazilian restaurant, trying to get something to eat. On the way, I was walking with traffic. I should have been walking against traffic. Um, There's a curve, curve road, and kind of a desolate. One of the few in San Diego. This this curve road, and someone jumped the curb with their car, and uh, I I heard. I can't really describe the sound, but I assume it was the well. Of course, it was the tires hitting the curb or something. I turned and. And I put my hands up to put, protect my head, and it hit me right in my spleen. So, um, so ironically, I should have kept my hands down. But you know, when you turn to you protect your head, sure. <laughs> it didn't hit me in the head. So um, it knocked me, I, I guess, in the air. I don't, I don't recall. But I landed on my back, and and already I couldn't turn on my side. But I looked, and I saw like the the tail and it, I think it was an old El Camino, or maybe an old truck. I don't know. But you know, um, yeah. So. I end up in the hospital for about a week and ruptured spleen. They almost had to take it out, but they did a procedure to save it. So I have a spleen still, which is better than spleen? not having a spleen, I guess. Yeah, right?
0: absolutely. Yeah.
2: But I'm okay. And I, now I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm still thinking about it, but I'm already training light and I'm trying to get in shape and be real healthy now. From,
1: Th- that's yeah. a pretty fast recovery, if you ask me. Um, Good for you. I mean,
2: I- yeah, if they took my spleen out, it would, yeah, it would be a lot worse, I think. So, Uh. You know, I think that, you know, the 25 years of just of training and taking impact to help me. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm doing better than, than I would have assumed. Yeah.
1: Isn't it kind of crazy that, you know, we train on the mats, we literally choke each other, break our arms, and do all the crazy stuff, and then one gets, you know, hit by a car. Like, what are the what are yeah. the odds? I don't know. Like, one would think that the, the injuries would take place elsewhere. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, you, you know, it's, it's a uh, – I, I know a, a guy. He's a cop. Well, I haven't seen him for 20 years, but he was he was doing jujitsu a long time ago. He stepped out of his car, and the car shifted like a foot out of gear and towards ACL. You know, just mm-hmm. you know, stepping out of his car, the car moved, and just tore, I'm completely towards ACL. So it's funny how I don't know. It's funny how how amazingly strong the human body is, but also how weak it is. I mean, seeing yeah. people can survive crazy things that you are just like. Wow, there was a guy what 80 years ago that was packing dynamite into a tree. And with a, with a pole, and the dynamite went off and it blew the pole through his mouth and through the back of his head. What? So, yeah, and he lived. He lived. Okay, Now he was different. <laughs> it messed up his, uh, his brain. He was, It changed his personality because the brain was affected. But this guy lived to be yeah. kind of an old man, or not old, I don't know, he lived another 5, and 20 years. And then someone um, slips, hits their head on the ground and dies. So it's just, uh, yeah, I'm, for, I'm very fortunate every, every minute to be here, you know? So those little things or that big thing that happened to me um was um yeah it makes you think I mean, you know you people do die from that stuff the, the spleen it ruptures yeah, so sure. and that was very painful and, and by the way my diaphragm was impacted so i couldn't i couldn't breathe a full breath for about a week and that's very painful it's, it, see you take that for granted right? i took it for granted to imagine having a quarter or a third breath for five days is very frustrating it's it just it sucks so but i'm good now i'm, I'm, I'm a lot better
1: well, well, that's good awesome. For good for you. Great to hear that. Um, listen, the interesting part of your story is, and that's something that we really want to dig, dig deeper into this today. But you know, leg locks in general are very popular these days. In the last five years, it really kind of surfaced up, and and um, you know, uh, the death squad and, and John, John Denner has done an amazing job kind of surfacing this up, bringing a general awareness to, to the little system, or little the system. Of attacking the legs, right? But um, I think what's very intriguing about this is that you've been doing leg lags 20 years ago. Like, and and it's this is really, uh, I want to pick your brain on this because, you know, you've been really, really successful, you know, from ADCC to all general competition and just even from teaching and studying perspective two decades ago. And now, just now, this is all kind of surfacing in the general journal awareness is, is, is surrounding around it. I even remember way back in the day when I was a blue belt, I was watching your DVD that you recorded on leg, like, I still have it. It's like, uh, it, you know, you one of those treasures that I, that, that I have in my, in my drawer, but, uh, it, what are your thoughts on all this is like, what, where did this whole leg lag thing started for you? And why do you think now it's bubbling up and not 20 years ago? Well, okay. I'll,
2: I'll explain why I think it. Is- pretty sure it's true i mean it's my opinion uh first of all have you ever uh had some kind of an idea or you or there was a problem and you had an opinion and most people thought you were wrong but you were proven right right and it's like vindication (laughs) that's kind of what happened it it took a while for it to really become like mainstream but you know it's like if i see something that's like lacking in a game and people even though people are saying like don't do that you're you're wasting your time it's actually a losing tactic but i know i'm like listen, I, I believe in this. For some reason, I believe in this. I'm going down the right path. And let's say most people are saying, not everyone, like my friend Jocko never said negative. He's just all positive. But, you know, when you um, when you find something that works for you and then it works for other people, it's, it's pretty cool, pretty cool feeling. The reason I think it started now more is because uh, when I did it in Brazil, I won against a great fighter named Alejandro Ferreira, or his nickname is Cacareco. Any Brazilians uh, watching this, uh, forgive my bad Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I, I speak Portuguese, okay. But I was uh, against this guy, and um, he had the best footlocks, you know, maybe in Brazil at the time. It's what they were saying. He had the best guillotine in the world. But I had this move, and, and I didn't have a name for it, but it later became the fifty-fifty. And I'm not the first person in history to do this, but no one taught it to me at the same time so i'm um i get the guy in a straight full lock he's not tapping and i i sit back i cross my leg and i pull his leg over and you can see his eyes are just like what's this guy doing he's he just and he he's a really tough fighter but you know i got him with, with this move but um later at night i'm in my hotel and i i see some people i really respect saying in portuguese that you know this gringo what's he doing this is terrible the sport's changing and whatever and i was you know people i look up to but I wasn't that upset because I saw my trophy and my medal and, you know, I wasn't that upset really, but, but, you know, later I found out about this position called the 50-50 and I look at it, that's how I won. So, so literally within three or four months from them saying, what's this BS, That this, this gringo is, gringo, by the way, means foreigner. It's not a really bad word, but what's this foreigner doing, changing our sport. And then three months later, it's a Brazilian position. So go figure, you know, it's just, I think that, I think over time people started like, Like the Donner Death Squad, I mean, they start doing things at a really high level. They use a lot of similar things that I do. Mm -hmm. The game's getting more and more advanced. I mean, I'm sure there's people that have taken off with the footlock idea and perhaps gone more advanced than me, which is great. So I think that it's just eventually the truth comes out. You know, the truth comes out eventually. And uh, if you have a sore weakness in a grappling style, which would be the legs, the other 50% of the human body, when someone starts to capitalize it, and especially I won Abu Dhabi several times and I won across generations. So 2003, let's say I was, I was ranked number one in the world. I'm not saying I was, I was ranked. uh, Some people would think someone else, uh, whatever. I was ranked high in the world. And then I got injured, bicep surgery, and I was out. And then um, eight years later, I came back and, I mean, I came back and won eight years later. And I, I guess me and Marcella were the only two to do that ever because that's you know, it's a completely new generation, mm-hmm. completely new yeah. people, completely true. new game. Yeah, plus so, the
1: plus the wear and tear on your body. I mean, that, that's 80 years yeah. later,
2: yeah. right? I mean, it's, yeah. It's yeah,
1: a, significant a little
2: age. bit older, a little yeah. bit older. So, I just think it just eventually the truth comes out, it doesn't always come out soon. And some people, uh, give me too much credit, and some people don't give me any credit. <laughs> Either one's uh, you know, maybe an exaggeration, but uh, I was saying this in Portuguese, um, to someone that was giving me a lot of credit. And I was like, Well. I didn't invent them. I did a few things on my own, a few principles. The idea of if someone has a good guard, because they have a good guard, I can grab their legs first, and when they hide their feet from me, I'll pass, you know. Um, but but let's say like maybe an ambassador of leg locks because it was never done to where people were winning Abu Dhabi with no one's no one's done that with leg locks. Matter of fact, up until uh, most most finals in Abu Dhabi were by a, a one point or an advantage. Rarely you get a submission, and I won in the finals with submissions with leg locks. So I think people start, you know, to see that there's something behind this. It's not it's not a luck thing. Something's going on. So despite how I look, you know, I, I have a little bit of imagination, <laughs> and I can try to. <laughs> <start with something. laughs> That's
0: great.
1: Do, do you think? Do you think that part of this dynamic of leg locks being accepted recently? Was the rule sets that surrounding around a lot of those competitions, and it, it's just maybe in the last recent years, ten or five, five, ten, five, five or ten last recent years, really is being accepted on a larger scale. I mean, it wasn't up to just recent that IBJJF accepted, you know, uh, you know, serious leg attacks, right? Up to this point, yeah. it was very dissected, if you will. Do you think that had a lot to do with with the cultural? Acceptance of the leglax period in general.
2: Yeah, I think so. But we're in the age where everything's in front of your face. You know, I'm. I mean, people lie to themselves. People lie around. It's a constant human thing. Uh, but but the things are in your face now. So something that happens in Japan, you can see on the internet right now. When I was young, it took months for movies to get around the, the, the world, or years. I'd be in South America. Uh, uh, I lived in Venezuela when I was a kid. And the movies that I've already seen two years before or one year before was were coming out in Venezuela. But now it comes out, you know, the same day or whatever. It depends on the region or whatever. But, you know, it's just it, things are just spreading around the world so fast and people are opening their eyes to what can work. Look at UFC. That's another thing, too. Because before that, it was like who would win, a boxer, a karate guy, or a wrestler, you know, who would win? Big mystery. People talk, talk, talk. Well, now you see they all work. They all work. Of course, I'm partial to jiu-jitsu, but I respect all the martial arts. So if you look at someone just wondering what else works, well, from a grappling point of view, what else works? Well, legs do work. And um, they're, they're very efficient. And, and, and I did sambo before jiu-jitsu. In, in sambo, they, they like equal in Russia. Now, why not? I don't discriminate with submissions. Uh, in Portuguese, I, I had a debate with some black belts, and they were saying, that the, uh, the choke is the king and the armlock is the queen, the royal family. And the the footlock is like the dirty thief. You know, he, he's like, <laughs> no class. And I said, in Portuguese, I said, well, the dirty thief can do things the king doesn't even know about. And everyone started laughing, you know. The, so there's even a quote of me in Portuguese, the dirty thief. Know the dirty <laughs> thief, right? Embrace yeah. him. <laughs> know both. Use both. Be, be the politician in this case. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, that often creates this controversial kind of situation, right? But but you have you have a point. I mean, 20 years ago, even 15 years ago, everything was getting around the world much slower. You actually had Draculino recently on the show, and and he was talking about when he was competing, in order for him to know who his competitor was, he had to go to the competition and watch them live. Otherwise, he he had no clue. He just showed up and kind of it was there. Today you can do extensive research about almost anybody. Right. If you have Instagram, you know what jujitsu looks like. I mean, it's just simple as that. Right.
2: Very true. Very true.
1: Do you think that changes the game from a strategic perspective when it comes to competition itself?
2: Yes. Um, You know, in the end, and this is maybe old fashioned, and maybe not everyone, not many people think exactly this way. And it's worked against me once or twice, but I try not to study my opponents too much because. That's something I can't. Okay, control your opponent, of course. But sometimes someone has—they'll come up with a new strategy, a new move that you're not training for. Sometimes, um, maybe you're looking at footage. Um, their style has changed. Sometimes your opponent will change last minute. And if you—if you focus, it's not wrong to go over strategy for your opponent. What I mean is, I want to focus more on myself, my problems. You know, um, not just focusing on what this guy missed. I want to know that. Uh, w- one time that bit me in the ass was I uh, facing uh, uh and this is in I'm 37. I'm in China. He's like 21, and uh, I didn't know he's one of the few Brazilians that has a, a bridge like a wrestler. You know, he's one. I mean, others have it, but he has a, like a crazy high level wrestling bridge from the mountain. I mounted him. I was gonna get points, and uh, I'm, I was, I'm zero zero with It's Not so bad for an old man, but he upa turned me over and got two points because in Abu Dhabi you on your back is two mm-hmm. points and uh yeah so i lost i lost because of that and, and they're like oh you didn't know i'm like yeah i should have watched tape so so i just see a lot of people worrying okay there's a better idea worrying about the opponent what they're going to do instead of focusing on what i'm going to do so there's a balance in my opinion yeah so yeah i so, forget, yeah. I forget yeah, who said it study.
0: somebody here because, said it that um if they've they end up playing their opponent's game too if they study too much and they forget about what their intentions are and what they're supposed to go and yeah. do
2: yeah that's that's how i i, I do agree with that um, and there's no such thing as you know perfect strategy or, or philosophy but for you you can find something that works for you over time and try to emulate that every day if you can
1: yeah. Uh, speaking of Abu Dhabi, wasn't it one of the years where you were not supposed to compete uh, in one of the divisions and they you got invited because of an injury and then yes.
2: you end up winning the whole thing? That was 2003. Um, so actually, that you're mentioning the most transformative over my, my life day, of, you know, most transformative and positive and best day of my life. And for some reason, you know, Eric Paulson, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He, he was in the division and he. So I was the fourth or the fifth alternate, which means four or five guys have to get injured or sick or say I don't want to do it, or which it almost never happens. So Abu Dhabi, mm-hmm. the absolute fills up because you can win money, and you know, some people need money apparently. So, so <laughs> actually, yeah, one guy, one guy, John Levenomo, he won this division because I don't want to do it, and then uh, another guy, um, Makako, was he had cuts on his on his like he had an MMA fight the night before, and then someone got injured, and then also. Paulson's like, hey, listen, Dean, you want to do it? He goes, you have a golden aura, I can see it. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'll do it. And I, I zoned out, so whatever else he said to me, I, I forget. But he gave me a spot, and he he bet money with the Brazilians that I was going to win, and he, he, I guess he won money. So I was, <laughs> yeah, I was the 16th person, though. I was the 16th person. The reason I say it's the most transformative day is because the day before, I mean, I was in great, the best shape of my life, I'm 27 or something, you know, which is a great prime age for fighting sports. And uh um, I don't know, I just um I show up and I'm kind of tired, I don't know why. I was super, you know, I ate super healthy, I trained super hard. My first match was against Elit Latifi from Sweden, he's half Albanian. Uh, very uh, I got him in a guillotine, but I was very tired after the match. You know, I'm like, "I'm in the back what, what's wrong with me?" Next match was Jean-Christophe And it was an even match until, I don't know, 6 minutes in. It was like even, and then I made one mistake. I I did a sit through and I looked the wrong way which I, I know at age 14 I know this mistake I made this mistake and that's when the match just he steamrolled 8-0 on so I'm out and I don't have a good chance again in the opposite. I asked they go well, you're the fifth alternate so you you know but I go back to my my hotel and uh, everyone else goes out to drink and stuff and I stay I stay in like maybe I'll be in and thank god I did that you know next day I woke up with no pressure and uh, I don't know why it's one of those days I woke up like with a smile just a nice, I don't know, I woke up some, some good dream. I don't know what I did, but I go downstairs and I'm having like pancakes and, and it just, everything tasted good. I'm walking to the tournament, you know, um, the, I can hear the birds chirping. I can smell people cooking breakfast. Yeah, I can just, I don't know, I'm very aware for some reason. Matter of fact, I wore my Brazilian tighties like a I was I they say in Portuguese. I wore that. I don't, I mean, I don't really like to compete in those. I'm a gringo. <laughs> so but I, I wore them just in case, and I go up there, they're like, hey, I'm in. Well, what? I'm in, so I take my pants off. I don't have time to change. I'm in my Brazilian tighties now. And so what happened was my first match, with Nate Marquardt, second match, great, Salo Ribeiro. My third match was against Marcio Cruz, Pelopano. and that guy <laughs> was the Bouchercha <laughs> of that day. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was.
2: You know, Bouchercha of that day. He was a monster. And the thing is, I got the same move, same setup, same side to sit through, and in one day, because of that loss, literally because of that loss, I did not look the wrong way. I ran around him like twice. That's how big that guy is. I got to his back, and that's the only match I won by points. But if I did not lose that first day, I don't know why it got me relaxed and got me super chill. And technically, I did not make a mistake this time, and I won. And then I, and then Alejandro Ferreira in the finals, that guy beat Verdum five or eight zero. He, he footlocked Comprito. He choked, or he, no, no. Uh, he choked Comprito with a guillotine, and he footlocked Janji. So, I beat the guy who beat me the day before by submission you know it's just it's and by the way it, it was my day it was my day I had my golden aura so you know <laughs> got my lucky charms you know?
0: that's incredible those names that you just dropped uh, and yours included with those it's it's unbelievable uh the the guys you went through that day do, do you th- yeah. do you think that luck has something to do with it do, do you
1: really believe that it, um you know th- there is that day where you show up and it's like your day and another day is just not your day or do you think this is yeah. the way how we carry ourselves do you what are your yeah. thoughts on this
2: there's a, there's a mix yes and no luck i mean there is blind luck that happens you know you throw a punch the guy blinks his eyes you land the punch you wouldn't normally have that does happen but Really, and I think Hinzo was saying this, the harder I train, the luckier I get. I like that. <laughs> but but really think about this. if Okay, what did I do that night and that day that I woke up and I was, okay, well, if you can find your good days or where you get in your zone when you're training, sometimes you walk in the gym, you're like, yeah, you know, you feel on right away. Sometimes you don't. It could be something happened to you. Maybe you're distracted. Maybe, who knows? Well, think about what you did, what you ate, who you hang out, who you hung out with, what movie you saw, Whatever. And it, the more, the, the more you can emulate or imitate those actions will help you to have more lucky days because you're going to, you're getting yourself in the zone. If you can help yourself get in the zone more, that's, that's even better than let's say, okay, you got to train hard. Well, I mean, if you can get yourself in the zone and be in good shape, you'll win usually against a guy who is in excellent shape. Who's not in the zone. Actually, you'll win most of the time. So mental, I mean, that's the it's mental. You know, what did I do? Why am I? chilling why am i relaxing why do i feel good today um luck yeah but you can practice being lucky you know what i'm saying you can practice being in that frame of mind where you believe in yourself but not too much (laughs) you know you don't you don't believe your own bullshit but you believe in your ability there's a fine line uh there's a dichotomy as Jocko always calls it my brother Jocko. there's a double edge double meaning of things but yeah luck there's always blind luck you know um they, they call it a puncher's chance. You know, you can always throw a punch and hit someone luckily, but Jiu Jitsu is hard to have a puncher's chance. You could have your good day, your bad day. But if you can try to emulate or imitate what you did when you have a good day and replicate that on your competing day, that's going to help you. It took me a while to figure that out, by the way. It took me a while.
1: Do you, do you think, what was your preparation like going into those matches, to, to, 2002, 2003, you know, even 2011 when you, you know, you, you're coming back after, you know, a long break and, and you're still performing on the highest level with these hires. I mean, like Gary said, some of the names you're dropping, I mean, that, that's that's pioneers of what we all do. I mean, including yourself. I mean, it's how, how what's your preparation You know to get ready for those days yeah
2: it's weird like i have a really strong weight lifting background but it's when i was in high school i was a maniac so i have a lot of um strength from those days i kept uh but i don't lift much weights uh i like to do wrestling drills okay primarily i start in bad positions which sounds strange because uh, okay when someone's if i have a workout and i'm always in a bad position First of all, my defense gets really good, but I'm doing, let's say, twice the workout of the guy on top. I will get stronger than he will over a year. I will. That's one reason I got really strong on the ground is because I was starting in bad positions. You know, I start with someone having me in arm lock, not I'm resisting. My arms get strong. You know, I start with triangles. My neck gets strong. Um, you know, I'm also hard to, hard to hurt with – well, hurt, been hurt before, but I've never been knocked out. It's just impact and and a, not abuse, but you just put yourself in bad situations. and. You get to where your defense is really solid to where you don't worry about it so much. And you can attack all the time. It's a different point of view versus, let's say, offense is more important. Because if you're attacking all the time, you won't have to defend. But that doesn't happen. You will be attacked. That's a constant thing. So defense is, is, uh, offense is the best defense. I prefer defense is the best offense because my defense is solid. I can attack you all the time. I've gotten stronger because I've started in worse situations. I get more confident. I get more relaxed. I, and especially for if you're a lower belt, focus on that first, right? So, yeah, that, that, that's, I don't know. Hopefully that makes sense. So, yeah, no, it does.
1: So when, you say, so when you say you put yourself in a bad situations, you don't even mean like bottom of top control or bottom of a side mount. You're actually you're referring to actually inside a submission, like a triangle or, or a shoulder lock or arm lock.
2: As i got older yes because i had more experience but i'm saying let's say general for somebody you know, watch, uh, watching this who's like okay i want to work on my defense um yes focus on your mouth but focus more on you being mounted you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so over time you get in better shape you get stronger it's way, you you'll you'll feel the pain because <laughs> your ribs are going to be more sore yeah. and most people are gonna be they'll be very glad to oblige you like oh it's be an easier day for me is what they think maybe subconsciously so you're actually being greedy jocko is one of the few that like he knows that and he'll feel like not guilty. He'll be like, listen, I want, I need to work up on bottom too. (laughs) I was who would love to stay on top. It's an easier day, but uh, I'm actually being selfish by having the harder workout, you know?
1: Well, and I, it's, it was interesting because I remember way back in the day, like that's essentially what we used to do 20 years ago. It's get on the bottom and get smashed. And and I, it, it, I think that's why that's why this general consensus of, you know, jiu-jitsu is being uncomfortable or being comfortable in these uncomfortable positions because that drilling of continuously getting smashed was 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 pretty,
2: pretty standard, pretty daily. What, really? Go ahead. Well, I like this point of view. Getting smashed on the bottom, yeah, that that's gonna happen. I prefer the idea. I want to earn the top position. Mm. That's more positive. See, I yeah. want to earn. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's night and day. It's the same thing. <laughs> You're gonna get the same pressure, but it's night and day difference versus I'm getting smashed versus I want to earn top position.
0: For sure. For you know, sure. I
2: want to escape. Like matter of fact, when I was in, I've been in submissions and I've been like, wouldn't it be cool if I got out? You know, because I, I had hit upon him had me in a submission for five minutes the head Norman and he couldn't mm-hmm. get me his arms got tired yeah, but it would be cool if i could escape you know it's, it's not like i'm in trouble it would be cool if i could escape and i thought i thought that literally it would be pretty cool people are cheering and i could end the crowd was drowning out like it's getting silent because he's excusing me so hard wouldn't it be cool and uh, i did eventually so the the way you state things to yourself is pretty important i i want to earn the top position i prefer
1: and you referred to something that was really important, especially for the individuals who are just starting grappling or, or mm-hmm. jujitsu in general is that mindset, right? Because of the physical contact, because of these compromised positions, really staying in this, um, you know, realistic, but positive outlook is really important because we will get, I mean, we, we've going to be on a, we will be on the bottom. Like we, we, we you ha- everybody finds themselves there and everybody finds themselves in positions, right? Is it possible to avoid all positions?
2: I guess my question, I don't know. Impossible. please take that again i was listening but i want to hear that again one more time what, do, you what do you think mean?
1: it's possible to avoid p- submissions in general like all together or everybody gets caught
2: well, yeah yeah uh, every boxer gets hit gets put on their butt sometimes some it, it was
1: a rhetorical yeah. question but yeah I, i'm <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it's impossible yeah. right yeah
2: it's gonna happen and that's that's why it's a lot of people that they I really can't accept that. And it's, it's just not the sport for them. Now you get stronger because you can't lie about that. You know, that person got me. Okay, they're stronger than me. Oh, they got lucky. Okay, I closed my eyes. Oh, I looked the wrong. whatever, whatever excuse you have, that happened. Okay, how can I change the future? Okay, learn a different way, get in better shape, um, relax more, all kinds of things. So it's it's a it's a path to self-improvement, essentially. and Many martial arts are, but especially Jiu-Jitsu with the problem solving. The problem solving in jiu-jitsu is, in my opinion, along with wrestling and gym, I mean, they're all hard, but the problems, the amount of ways you can tie arms into knots is just it's almost infinite. With the uniform is even more um yeah, you just gotta be ready for that change and, and you have to confront it. So so yeah, it's hard to avoid. I like to earn my way out of submission.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I, I really, I really do. It's a great way to look at things. You, uh, you you mentioned the uniform. Uh, it, it, how come no gi for you? Versus, gi? and I know you've tried to gi. You're very efficient with gi, but it seems like your your popularity, you know, the 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 a lot of the achievement that you have achieved or you know you reached, um, it was in no gi. How come?
2: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make an hour long story into a two minute uh, exp- explanation. <laughs> My my first coach, my original coach, Fabio Santos, and we're we're good today. But we had a time where we we were not on speaking terms, and it it, it was because I was doing Abu Dhabi and I was fighting, and he wanted me to do more gi. I said no problem. I would do uh, no gi terms with my gi on actually, which but that's that's an advantage for your opponent if they know about the it. It really is. Okay, people can look. It is. So so I'm thinking I'm going to go into a fight wearing a look. And I wanted to fight in Pride, and then of course UFC. Eventually, I did fight in Pride. So I'm getting ready to fight potentially in Pride. I'm fighting in key in the cage. The guys I'm, I'm fighting are not wearing gis. That's all I was doing key, but he he really got offended by this. There's a there's a a lot of history about Luta Livre, which is no gi and Jiu-Jitsu, which was gi. There's even ideas that it was a class struggle. I don't I'm not I can't I know about it, but I don't want to say too much more. I mean, there's all kinds of theories. So there was like, like that's how he was raised. Gi is good and no gi is bad. And then it got to a point where he, he didn't want me even training, like wrestling takedowns, you know, because there's no gi. And I'm hanging on wrestlers. So I'm doing boxing. Why? It's not jujitsu. Oh, you want to do Abu Dhabi? No, no. We have to do the Mundials. You know, and so I'm like, well, I want to do this stuff. And we had a big falling out. And now my name was a little bit tarnished at the moment. Not in Brazil. Let's say around because Fabio and his friends are, very respectable very respected names so i'm like you know what i'm just gonna win Abu Dhabi or i have to or let's let's make that my goal and it worked out for me okay which is kind of a crazy goal <laughs> you it's know but, but yeah it's a high one but you know if if you don't feel welcome and, and i do now it's all different now it's fine but if you don't feel welcome in an environment i was i love the key. i was i had a whole ritual about you know i had three I, at the time i had three keys and it I don't you know it's different nights said wear this one and this pants with it. I you know whole washing them is is a big thing in your life. Well hopefully you should wash your you should wash your pizza, You wash your <laughs> just back sensitive business. topic. Yeah, I know. This is back in the days. Eyes every third, no, every third exactly.
1: second. <laughs> hey, listen, we had some people on the show here who were saying way back in the Brazil when there's 110 degrees outside, they just hang them, yeah. the and they
2: hang yeah. it up,
0: dry it, and somebody else would wear it
2: later. Like. Oh, you, well, yeah, you'd hang them for like the two or three workouts, and you walk. That's how they used to do. it Or if they were clean, but the dirty ones would wait like two weeks. And you could smell those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Just, back in those days too. If you had blood on your key which is like, it's like, it fades to like brown. I mean, you could tell that person's been in like, he's tough. Some people put fake blood on, you know, but, but now you can't, you can't. Yeah. You know,
1: was that the indicator? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Somebody put blood on the gi to to make themselves look tougher. No, no.
2: What I'm saying is, okay. When I play football, do you know where the stick markers in your helmet? Yeah. If you hit yeah. a helmet, you have these blue marks or whatever. It depends on what color you helmet. So yeah. you can look at like the other team and be like, oh, that guy hits hard. And usually you're right, but some people get their helmet, they go to a wall, and they just – and they, they get fake ones, you know? <laughs> so so. It, so it, reminds heard... me.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of the video. Thomas has shared it with me. I'm sure other people have seen it, where the guys are taking the two water bottles and they're smashing the one yeah. guy's ear with the water bottle to yeah. give him I cauliflower ear. <laughs>
2: like, that's, yeah.
0: I. I i don't believe
2: it yeah believe it. The, the, the rumor is that some people would get fake because back then you know you get blood in your key and well now it's it's dirty but back then it, you'd wash it and it was a stain And the you, from the your nose or your ear or your eye or there'd be free cuts and over a year you'd have certain blood stains on your key well that was kind of like a badge of honor back in the day so that, that guy's tough you know eh. but some people the rumor is that that some people would get like they'd make those stains somehow maybe it wasn't their own blood so that's the rumor. Now you can't compete with a dirty key. So the hard days—it's—it's um, it's hard today. But I'm saying now it's a little bit cleaner. It's—it's it's nice. It's good today. You know, it's nice. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that's it's good. Good. It's good. That's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah, clean geese are good. Um, it—it it, it, so I, I'm really—I'm still interested to to figure out what drew you to the no gee. You you mentioned that the, there were some things that happened. You know that made you select it, but what originally drew you to the no uniform fighting uh was that you know kind of originating from a sambo grappling
2: or or just um y- you know wrestling well i always thought gi was cool even for assault defense you might have a jacket on but but you know i was running to i wanted to be in the ufc and actually pride at the time and the thing is uh, my most of my opponents are not wearing a gi. Mm-hmm. that's the thing and most of my opponents aren't, are not wearing boxing gloves. They're wearing small gloves. And also that was right one time when people were even fighting bare knuckle right before me. I mean, that was even like optional. Some things you could actually be bare knuckle. Like, I'm talking in the late 90s. So, so like, why, why would I, I'm not wasting my time, but for the event, let's say, I don't know, what's a good example. Let's say, okay, I, I want to do the, um, I want to run a marathon. Oh, Okay. Uh, but but I don't run marathons for training. I just run sprints. Now, I know sprinting can help for long distance, but I'm saying it. I need to run long distance too, you know? I need to focus on SB. Uh, okay, better yet. Instead of instead of running for a marathon, I'm going to swim. Yeah, fine, but I should run primarily mm-hmm. if I'm going to be running. So if I'm fighting guys mostly with no gi, why should I be spending most of my time with the gi? I don't mind training with the gi, but I'm saying at the time, that was all. You know, and also I want to learn boxing and, and how to throw a punch and kick. That was really important to me, and that was that was why I was focused on. Because back in the day, it was like you, either had to basically be Brazilian, you know, with a name as a coach, or or you had to fight MMA because you can't really make money grappling. Really, you you know what? Make a thousand dollars, you know, five hundred dollars every three months. You know, you can't live on that. Um. So so that's yeah. You know, did I fought in pride? I fought. I was top three, four, five in the UFC. And uh Pride, I was, I was in the maybe the hardest tournament ever in my my division. It would had a Vandalet, had Rampage, yeah. Jackson had Alistair, Overeem. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, you know, had had a Verona, had Shogun, had Ninja. Uh it was just involved Chanson. It was just crazy. And I was in that tournament, top 16 in the world at the time. So that's how I was looking to make money. And then of course I opened a gym and and then it was the political reasons. You know, like, okay. Uh, people are trying to block me from going to, going to um, compete in certain events with gi. So I'm just going to do no gi. And also leg locks was something I was very open to with Sambo. So why not? Why not? And why, why would you ignore that part of the body? Why would you? Just because someone else tells me? Are they right? Well, why do they think that? Is, is there a big sin? Is there an actual moral problem going for a leg? Or is that just something you tell yourself? You know, am I cheating? Well, if it's legal, it's not cheating. I'm being open-minded. It's like telling a kickboxer, uh, uh, kicking is dirty. Well, to a boxer it is. Yeah, to a boxer, yeah. But kicking works. You can technically kick and become a maniac with kicks. In the sport of boxing, it's illegal. In the sport of kickboxing, it's legal. And to become an overall complete kickboxer, you want to to kick, knee, elbow, and punch. That's how I looked at legs, something that people were neglecting.
1: Yeah, so you essentially talk about rules of engagement, right? If you if you enter a, a, a scenario of grappling where leg lags are allowed, why would you ignore them? Right. Yeah. However, if you enter a scenario of grappling where leg lags are not allowed, which that wasn't then, you know, not that far ago, they were not allowed and you're not attacking them. So it kind of all comes with the philosophy of what what the rules of engagement are for that particular situation, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Absolutely. I I know you recently visited, or yesterday you visited 10 Planets in, in, in L.A., and um, the moment I found out and I was talking to Armand. <laughs> Are you going to ask this question? Yeah, I want well, us to he, ask. He, right. he, told me, he told me to ask, and so I was talking to Armand. You guys hung out yesterday, and Armand goes, yeah. goes, man, man you got to ask Dean about this thing, about Ashigarami and why he puts his foot on the other underneath the other leg. There's a funny story from Brazil, and I have no idea what he's talking about, but I guess you do.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I, well, okay. I'm just gonna throw. I'm gonna throw yeah. you under the bus here. <laughs> it's
2: okay. Well, I teach. I tell the story at every seminar. It's what's happened to me. My friend, but friend. I mean, my friend, but he's also a bastard. <laughs> he's my friend though. Yeah. <laughs> Fernando Margarita Ponte Ponce, and he's he was a Mundial absolute champion in 2002, I believe. He's a he's a maniac. I mean, he, I mean, he's up there with Roger Gracie. He's one of the best. Um, uh, he was my training partner in San Diego, so it's good to have good training partners. He won men's absolute with gi, and the next year I won men's absolute no gi, Abu Dhabi. So that's that's good. We're doing something right apparently. Yeah. But before this, before we won our our titles or whatever, we were training, and I I had, my leg box were already good at purple belt. You know, I was submitting everyone with them. I, I would go to tournaments and have eight matches and get seven for locks. Like that was, a, that would happen a lot actually. So I had I was doing well already. Without these principles I have now, without them, it's still working. And I was I was having a good summer, and I was footlocking Margarita. Like, I don't know, three times, twice. It, he would get me to sometimes, but let's say I'm having a better summer than him. And he didn't like this, so, you know, I don't blame him because he's a champion. He, he went back to Brazil, and he learned a trick to, well, he came back, and he had this evil look on in his eyes. And I know him, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of psycho. He's a little bit crazy. He's my friend, but he's crazy. And he had yeah. this look. At uh, he, I went for a footlock, and he stuck his toes right in, like, in your balls and kick. He kicks you. There's a, there's a weight and you stick your toes in there and kick yeah. you, and it really sucks. It, you will let go of the footlock. Okay, so I go <laughs> footlock him. It kicks me right there. I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm hurting. He does it two more times, and I'm really angry. And I go to get my, I was going to put my gloves on. I was going to punch him. And my, yeah. it make gloves. And uh, my coach is like, Dean, what happened? And I'm emotional. I'm like 23 or something like, you know, I'm humiliated. I'm really upset about this. And my coach was like, Dean, calm down. And he, hey, Mar- Margarita, apologize. And he's like, I'm sorry. I ah, ah. he's just laughing. I mean, he's not <laughs> not really sorry. So now the way you can kick me in the middle of my body, my balls would have, is because how my legs were. And it took me like, so now that whole summer, he's like, hey, Dean, come full off me. And I know what he's going to do. I, <laughs> go I know it's an escape. that works 100% of the time. Yeah. And now... Okay, so he goes back, he leaves, and over three or four months, I figure out how to stop it. It's where my foot goes to the other thigh, and you can't reach the middle of, like, your crotch. You can't, but it's very hard to, you know. So I figured that it took me a while to figure this out, and he comes back again, and I go, hey, let's train. And we're training, and he tries it, but now my foot was in the new position called the door stopper, and he could not do this. I mean, so then I'm getting him back in foot locks. And it just so happens to make it harder for my opponent to roll left and right. Yeah. It makes it harder for them to mount me. It's hard. They can't kick me in the face. There's all kinds of benefits that help me in fighting as well. So it's something I figured out. I, I had to, you know, use the hamster wheel and I got away. So that's the story is that he's a world champion. He's my friend. And he, he found a way to my footlock is it's, it's illegal, but someone can say, sorry, it was an accident Get warning. So that's yeah. why it's like people teach it. It's scandalous. I don't, that's dirty. Footlocks aren't dirty. That is dirty. Putting your foot there and kicking—it's messed up. So that's the story. That's all.
1: So, are you saying the footlocks <laughs> are not dirty, but stopping footlocks is dirty? Uh huh. Well, the, okay. the balls? Yeah. <laughs> <They> kick, <laughs> <that's> <laughs>
2: but biting biting someone's face is dirty. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> in my opinion, I might be wrong, but. <laughs>
1: um. Listen, we've been at this for a while, but I'm curious. What are your thoughts between the old? Old school jiu-jitsu from you know 25, 20, 25 years ago versus what we see today, uh, this new school of jiu-jitsu. Um, you've been through all of it. You 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 trained and competed a long time ago, you teach seminars very frequently these days, you visit a lot of academies. Differences is it better now? Has it improved? It was better before. What's your preference? What are your thoughts on all this? Jiu-Jitsu is evolving, there's no question about
2: it. It's better now, and also the athletes are—we have better athletes today. It just in general, look. Okay, boxing from the twenties looked way different than boxing in the in the eighties, mm-hmm. and the eighties looked way different than well, let's say it was more from twenties to eighties. But look, the, the way Mike, Mike Tyson and Hearns and Agler and those guys fought—absolutely incredibly technical. But the way that Floyd Midweather moves is a little more, you know. It's just over time things sharpen up. Now there's been groundbreakers. Okay, look at American football. Look at look at soccer or football, or whatever. From from eighty years ago, same sport but done a little bit differently. Um, look at look at fighter aircraft in the military, fifty years ago versus now. So technique and technology are kind of similar. Tech, whatever, whatever that means in Greek, I don't know. But there's something about that. It develops over time. Technique and technology. Um, so I think that. I think that the athletes of my time had it a little harder. Like it was just tougher today. The athletes are stronger and the competition is higher. So it's tough. But I mean, like, you know, you'd have blood on your key. It was just, Oh, you know, no one was doing it. it well, people are doing it. what I mean is it wasn't a household popular thing. So you were kind of like, the, you were like the, you were the kind of strange guy when you did this kind of stuff, you know, it was cool, but like, it was, you're a cage fighter. Now it's like, EOC is a super popular thing so we went through a different time of development i think the sport is more advanced and the athletes are better today and so the level is higher than ever but at the time at the well, there's always a level for the time
1: what well, you know recently recently some recently somebody said that um, you know way back in the day all the old school jiu jitsu old school competitions you know 2000s 2000, 2005 somewhere on there you know, you didn't have all these tools that you have today. And it's almost, almost, it feels like cheating today because you have all access to all this technology. And obviously we are by far smarter as far as our bodies and conditioning and cross training and all the other things. What do you think? Was it harder to train way back then? Or, or is it, you know, it's just part of the evolution. Uh,
2: You know, with the internet, that's primarily the the thing that changed. Like, Mm -hmm. Like dating now going to date a girl it's different now than it was when i was in high school for sure uh, everything's different today you know people we're having this zoom call right now i mean mm-hmm. couldn't do that before i'd have to drive for somewhere meet you uh yeah, but,
0: and it's so, but it's a level level playing field it's not like some people have this advantage and some people don't yeah. everybody's got it it's open to <laughs> yeah. everybody right so i don't think it's cheating in any way it's just it is what it is
2: what's harder being in the civil war with muskets or being in, in uh, iraq right now? Which one's harder? Well, it's level because, because both, see, the enemy has the advent, the same, they're in the same playing field, but then again, they didn't have the same medical advances back then, but now it's more lethal. You know what I'm saying? Like like things, I mean, damn, they didn't have airplanes, back they didn't have uh, aircraft carriers, you know, they didn't have submarines, you know, but now they do, but now we have counters for those things, you know, as far as in the military. Uh, so, so I think that it's just that the sport is developing over time. Technology and technique are they were similar in some regards. So I think that the athletes are definitely better. They're better fed. I mean, they cut weight better. They've learned from mistakes of people from my generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have had two upswings in my career. I was, I was top ranked in 2003 and again, in 2011, but you know, now the athletes are stronger and the athletes in 10 years, they could be as, unless the world just goes crap more than it is right now. I mean, the athletes will be better in 10 years. There's an there's the idea that someone's eventually, the human body has the ability to sprint at 40 miles per hour. That's the structural limit of our bones, of our muscle. Um, of course, maybe in 30, 40, 50 years, not right now. I think Usain Bolt can run 25 miles, 27 miles per hour. <laughs> so that's fast, but that's not 40. So imagine as fast as Usain Bolt is. I think I could beat Usain Bolt if you started me on the 50-yard line. It might be be close, though. Or he might like have a trail of smoke right <laughs> the grass is on fire. Uh, like a
0: cartoon got running went. past you.
2: It's got, yeah, the road runner, exactly. Hey man, I, but I'm seeing like <laughs> get that analogy. I'll probably lose. <laughs> 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 the, the <slope. laughs> but look, okay, look, look, at, look at look at look at anyone athlete from the past as good as they are versus today. today there's a lot of advantages, but there's also new hardships. I mean, they the the youngsters. You have to deal with all this extra peer pressure of on. You know, it's different. There's ups and downs. I don't know. I mean. I think it was more crude, but then it was also more magical because it was unknown. Pride was, I can't, I can't even describe how pride when I walked out in front of 100,000 people watching me, it's different than TV. I've been in millions of people have seen me fight, but let's say on TV, that's TV. I'm talking in a stadium in Japan. It's just the energy. It's, it's, a, I can't describe It's electric. It's something that I can't really describe it unless you have lived it. It's just absolutely insane. And, and, and that's like a cartoon, like a dream. UFC was super high level. I had a great time in UFC, but it wasn't as dreamy like a fantasy. It was just a little more clinical. So
1: I'm glad you brought this up because I actually wanted to ask you. um, You 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 are one of those um, you know handful that had the privilege to to experience pride before uh, (laughs) it was no more. And you know, I don't, like I, for me, Pride was something to watch. It was it, it was it was a place where you know these fighters were competing, and not only in the highest level, but also rules were adjusted so it was more entertaining. It was more raw, if you will. Um, but at the same time, the, the, from the spectator perspective, those places were huge. I mean, hundreds. Of, I mean, th- these arenas were you know humongous. What what, what did it feel like that? you know, the first time when you, when you, when you got to pride, you're about to go in there, you know, what's going through your mind? Like, w- you know, walk us through some of this. How
2: old are you both, by the way, can I ask? Old, Say it again? How old are I both of you?
0: I'm, I just turned 50,
2: 42. Okay. okay, I'm 45. Yeah. Do you remember when you were young and things were more magical? Like, you know, yeah. like, like you could, like, like, oh, you know, going to that country, it's kind of like, not scary, but like it's new. Oh, oh you know, um, going to that other neighborhood, go, going here, new experiences was more magical. Well, it was like that times 10 for me. And now I'm older. It's like, I know more about the world. It's not as magical, but I'm glad I know things because it's, it's helpful to know, to know more than you don't know. But it just, that was a time in my life where it was just, everything was new. I mean, I you know that feeling when you're younger. But it was combined with this, I mean, all the legends around me, just the aura that people had around them, just being in people's, you know, area, you know, it rubs off on you in a positive way. So, and then of course you learn about human age, you you get some bad people around you, you get people that are, you know, when you get, let's say more known, you get all kinds of people that, you know, you wish, you wish you probably shouldn't have around you. But overall, it was like the transformative time in my life. Um, I don't know. I was in better shape. I was better looking, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you did you feel like you belonged, or were you like, "What the hell am I doing here"?
2: Like, well, both because because there's some nostalgia, like both. I mean, I know it was a world champion, and but but guys, like before I fought in Pride, I was watching Prokop, you know. I was watching Fedor, you know. Mm -hmm. Fedor is super cool. I I met. I was training in Croatia with Prokop. I speak a little Croatian. is, Is bad, but I was living there, and so just all these new places it, it, it just really expands maybe that's my problem i've been around the world and seen so many things that that what else what else is next you know uh that, that was you know how it is to get soccer kicked in the head it's not really fun but i'm glad that i understand how that feels now <laughs> you know so, <laughs> you can so, keep uh, yeah yeah that's not i don't want to share that with too many, many people <laughs> it's very hard to describe because it's like a dream it's like um it's just something, it's like, it's almost like, a, it's very clear in my head, but it's like hazy, like a cloud, too. Like, it's, I, could, I could be in those moments still to this day, you know. It's just do, incredible. Do you,
1: do you wish the Pride was still here right now, in addition to UFC?
2: Yeah, of course. Of course. Um,
1: Because it was a different you know, game. I mean, that, yeah. you, 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 we, we're talking about black and white, right? I mean... Just from even says the way how it was presented, the amount of people, the names were there, even culture-wise, it was very, very yeah. different to what UFC was.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in Brazil, I mean, I have so many Brazilian friends, but even they'll admit, the Brazilian crowds, look at what, when the Brazilian soccer team or football team lost to Germany. I mean, they were, so, okay, basically in Brazil, they'll, they'll throw things at you if they don't like. They'll throw water balls at you. They'll throw shoes. At, they'll throw things at you. USA. They'll talk smack. They'll boo you. But still they'll boo you, too, but They'll throw things at you. Japan, they won't boo you, even if they don't like you. And I guess if you did something really disrespectful, like when Heath Herring knocked that guy out, they were people were very angry at him in Japan, you know. <laughs> By the way, the, the guy did kiss him unconsensually, so you know, maybe the guy deserved <laughs> it. <laughs> but but I'm saying that, you know, you have to do something, uh, they're very respectful as I'm not stereotyping, I'm saying generally the culture is they're very respectful, honorable people. And I don't know, I had a great, and, you know, also walking around, they kind of consider you like a modern day samurai and people girls would faint. Like, like I'm not Michael Jackson, but yeah, girls would like, one time I, I won my fight against Shoji Akira with the triangle choke He went to sleep. It was a, a good victory. He's a good fighter. And um, it was in one of those arenas that has 70,000 people. And uh, there's, the security is, these small Japanese guys are so like, no, no, but they couldn't really stop me. I went to the crowd to like shake hands and the, the barrier started bending like this. Like I'm talking, it's a soccer, or it's a stadium. The railing started bending, like like people started rushing and, and cr- not crushing, no one got hurt, but the, the, the rail started, uh, okay, so I can yeah. reach up, they can reach down, I can touch their hands. Yeah, well, yeah. the rail, I mean, it's it's metal rail, started bending, like, no, no, and they pulled me away. And then the rail went like this, and went back. So started, yeah, I mean, what if that fell and like forty people? I mean, if people rushed down. I've had girls faint. <laughs> Not mean, the best looking guy. There's guys much better looking than me that I'm sure they've had more. You know, but it was it was just a it was a crazy experience to
1: be around that. You know it was a crazy experience that's yeah. really cool well Gary hopes that our dreams are about girls fainting for him yeah,
2: yeah but they <laughs> faint for completely different reasons only <laughs> 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 I've had both experiences both yeah. both <laughs> yeah
1: Ah, uh, boy, Dean. Thanks, thanks for doing this. I mean, listen. Before we've Absolutely. been at this for almost an hour, but before we wrap yeah. this up, um, we do this every end of every episode. We have five questions oh. for you. We didn't tell okay. you about this. This is kind of a rapid questions. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, shoot. First thing that comes to your mind. Sometimes they are, you know, funny. Sometimes they are more serious. Sometimes they are longer, shorter. It's just a good, good wrap up to the end of the the, the conversation. Gary's going sure, to sure, sure. on this. Let's see where the where this takes us.
0: Yeah, for sure. Let's get started here. Uh, <laughs> so I mean you started wrestling in high school, but what was it like the first time you stepped on the jujitsu mat?
2: Very humbling, very humbling. Because I like, could be on top pretty easy as a wrestler, but you know, you leave your arm in the wrong place and it's gone. Well, you know, I still have it, but at the moment it's gone. That's when they do uh wrestling in grappling sense and the grappling sense is one of the best gra- backgrounds to have. But there's a let's say there's 100 good habits about how to fall and your opponents there and mad awareness and but there's five or six or seven bad mistakes that you need to change if you can't change them then it become it can it can become a detriment people can fight you like arrested you want to be someone who wrestled like ricardo rona one of my rivals i mean he wrestles like a high like almost like an olympic wrestler but he's he's genetically gifted he he trains very hard so so that's a good thing to know wrestling but you, you know you want to you don't want to dwell upon these certain habits that that would be a problem in grappling so i i got rid of those pretty fast actually nice nice uh
0: what has been your most rewarding achievement
2: on off the mat yeah it's it's both both my Dhabi's, both also um also right now just right now after this accident i i've had a i've i've taken a step up and um Uh, consciousness, um, for sure. No one else knows until it happens to you, but I'm actually doing everything exactly how I should have been doing 20 years ago. But but it took me that much time to figure things out and I found it. And so this right now, but over my life, it was my two victories in Abu Dhabi. One was when no one really knew, well, they knew who I was, but it was, you know, no way I could win. And the other one was 2011 when people thought there's no way because he's passed his prime, he's hurt, you know, he, you know, he talks 20 he from, he's, he's had concussions, his arms hurt. There's no, and then I won. And that, that was probably, I don't know those two days. Just, just that. Yeah. All the, all the years of training and it worked out. So yeah. those two days for sure.
0: Like proving that you, 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 you belong yeah. then proving that, yeah. you know, they're not what you said you, you were, I think that's pretty amazing.
2: Yeah. Uh, the old guys are, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, have you ever wanted to quit?
2: quit no well well sometimes you get i would say i would describe it as you, you get sick of it like in one night but i wake up the next morning i want to train so you know it, it could be that way with a, with a girlfriend <laughs> like ah and, but you're like hey if you, if you love if you love the girl you know you get past certain rocky moments you know it's a uh, you can have a friend you can have a real good bro that, that you get really upset at but it is your bro he's your bro you know um now now i've had jobs i've quit because you know, i really didn't want to be a part of these these environments or something, but jujitsu is, is my true love of my life. And if I've gotten frustrated with it, it's been overnight. Let's see. Yeah. Overnight. I've never had all like I'm going to in two weeks later, I feel better. literally overnight overnight. So, so I'd say I've gotten frustrated with it, but I love it. So I'm back.
1: Do do you, do you envision yourself, you know, 60, 70, 80 years
2: old and still on the mat? If I live that long, Absolutely yes. <laughs> oh, I fair will be. Be that's will be. Yeah. I, I I no. I will be unless I I don't make it that long. Um, uh, you, you know, I've seen my dad was a, a mustang in the Marine Corps, so that's an enlisted person who becomes an officer, a very respectable thing. He retired as a lieutenant colonel. Because of that, I grew up. I had ad, my dad had friends who were admirals and colonels and stuff like that, and a lot of them. So I'm talking like four people. I'm talking off the top of my head, old guys that retired at age when uh, 50s or whatever. And then, uh, three years later, they die. They all, almost all die, because their their whole meaning of life is kind of taken away from them, or, or they stopped it. And, and they have a nice retirement. They're all they're all set, and they you know they're not actively using their mind, and they die. It just happens to, to human beings. So I think I'm fortunate to be in a situation where my passion is what I do with my life. And um, but people who find their career and they don't replace that with something they love, usually they don't last that long. But in my case, I'll never get sick of jujitsu, I don't think so. <laughs> so I'll be doing that forever yeah until I can.
0: Awesome, awesome. Um, you touched a little bit earlier about when you uh, you know when you left one one master to another. Um, so I know there's a long history here, but describe your feelings when you received your black belt.
2: It was great. Um, I, I won Abu Dhabi as a brown belt and so actually, I was I was very proud because there's political reasons why I wasn't a black belt. That's just true. That's just the truth. You know, I went Abu Dhabi. I beat I beat some. I mean, guys I look up to even today. You know, rivals, but also I I like them all. Um, you know, and so I felt like it was being used as a political reason. So it was it was really cool to get black belt, but that was not. It was really awesome, and and my friend gave it to me. He's right. a definite rep, reputable black belt. It was not. Uh, my my professor that caused some political problems in itself. But really um after being a brown belt for a couple of years and I, I know there's political reasons why I was not a black belt. Absolutely. I mean I'm the men's absolute world champion I'm a brown you know fine. Brown belt is a junior black belt. It's fine, but I just started seeing that some people use belts as uh political tools. And so that's the only thing that didn't ruin it for me. Because I can still, I can still think of myself as a white belt if I want, and that's a good way to go in life. To try to, not life. Let's say in jujitsu, to keep learning, be open minded. I can still learn from a blue belt sometimes, every once in a while. You know, maybe they can learn more from me because I've been around longer, I'm older. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm all about belts, but they're not. They don't have the same significance uh, you, to me. Do of fact, do you think they're important? They're they're a sign of seniority and respect. Yes, they are important. But if you're if you are trying to achieve that rank just to have the belt, you know, it's funny, it's funny. A lot of guys, Jocko, my brother, he's a, you know, career navy SEAL. If if, if you go to like, I want to get that 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 shiny the, the trident, which is their their symbol, if you if, mm-hmm. if that's what you're going for to get to get the symbol, <laughs> you don't actually want to be in the mud with you know in the in the freezing water, you'll you'll quit, you know. So if, if you're looking for a belt, that's why some people quit a blue belt. Just quit, oh, I got my blue belt, mm-hmm. you know. Because they got their first wrong on the ladder, but like you know, maybe I won't get higher and they quit. It's it's just a it's a thing. Um, it, it's weird because I never I never when I was a oh, blue or purple, I never would have envisioned this. But it's not that important. And in, in wrestling, there's no belts. You know, uh, it's a respect thing. It's a seniority thing. It's awesome. And there's sometimes someone who has a higher belt that's not as good as you, and you got to respect their, Maybe they've been around longer. Maybe who knows why they have the belt. Some people from different schools have different uh criteria maybe they get it easier but i can't think about that kind of stuff it, once again that's focused on someone else and i got to focus on myself you know what, what i i need to overcome to become better you know so the belt's a cool seniority and it's a good ranking absolutely but if it's when it's used in political re- um ways and that, that kind of like changed my mind about it so that hope that makes sense because belts yeah, are no, awesome.
1: absolutely I'm, I'm,
2: very, I'm very proud to be a black belt um but but there's political it's used as political reasons. That's that's why I, I don't I don't look just at belts. But by the way, it's funny thing in Brazil. I even have I have one of my black belts, it has no stripes at all, just not even a red band or whatever on it. And in Brazil, some black belts, older guys, they'll wear that one because you don't need the the red band. You don't need that. You could have a black belt. It just well, the thing is if you if you have eight stripes on your on your black belt, obviously you're not young, right? So some guys will they'll try to like it's reverse. They don't want girls to know how old they are <laughs> so, so, so they can take 10 years off. Hey, I'm not, I'm 42. You know, they, you know, they can make a lie out. Yeah. So that's a joke. And, yeah. So it's, it's the opposite. You don't think like, Oh, I want to rack. I'm a Brown belt, but I'm a purple, right? You won't get the Brown belt. <laughs> But they have that status. But some guys are like, I want to look younger. You know, it's kind of funny how things change. over life. <laughs> that's, that's funny. I didn't know that. That's funny. I have uh, one. I have, I have one. I have, I have saved up. <laughs> I have saved up. Yeah. Uh, and
0: speaking of belts, the last question is always, do you wash your belt?
2: No. Never. That's it. By the way, um, those are like fighting words. If, if someone... Wash my belt for me. I, I don't know what I do. <laughs> no, that, 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 that's a, I know it's that, that's a, that's a black or white subject. You know, people say yes, some people say no, but that's old school. And yeah, belt, you know, put some rose, put some frankincense and mirror. I don't know, put, put something on it if you want, but yeah, don't wash. This is my, my feeling. You want to have that, you want to have that. It's okay. I, I, oh, that
1: belt. This is a safe place. No judgment here yeah, whatsoever. We're not gonna judge you. No way. <laughs> no way. This is. <laughs> It's 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 been a blast talking to you, and and I know we've been trying to get this um is scheduled for a while now. I'm glad that you were able to make some time and really have this yeah. great conversation with the great stories. It's been a blast. If uh, where can people find you? On social media, websites, anywhere. I mean, where you're doing a lot of seminars all around. You know, if anybody's interested. By the way, if you ever in Chicago area, let me know. Um, I would okay. love to have you in my academy. Um, and we can figure that out. But where, where can people find you? Where are you accessible?
2: Um, well, my Instagram is Dean Lister, D-E-J-J. And yeah, I'll be teaching lots of seminars. Soon, Jocko and me, myself, we're going to come up with a basic criteria online. Like, I got a lot of people do it, but it'll be Jocko myself. It'll be kind of a little bit different. It'll be kind of cool OG style. And so check out Jocko, check out me, myself. And the future is... Uh, Gonna be good. It'll be good. We're so, growing so, the sport.
1: So, sounds like you guys are brewing something together.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we're doing we're doing his musters, which which is like his assemblies. I'm doing that with him teaching jiu-jitsu. We're doing things, all kinds of good things. We have the origin camp uh, mm-hmm. in August. And yeah, we're gonna have this. Um, it's, it's gonna <laughs> I don't wanna say the website name yet, but it's a uh, Jock already has the website and we're already making this, it'll be like a complete from A to Z. Not just leg locks, everything. All the principles, all the movements, all the moves, all the techniques, all the combinations, all the strategies, the, the ways to train your mind from Jocko and myself for jujitsu. And it's gonna be um fancy stuff, but mostly fundamental, basic stuff. Little differences I have, it's gonna be in in that system. It, it'll be it'll be good. It'll be popular, I'm sure. I'm sure right, it'll I be cool can't, great. I
1: can't wait to see that. That sounds uh that sounds really good. Really good. I mean all right. Well, let's wrap this up for today. Thanks for thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for all the great stories. I mean, this was a blast, Gary. You-
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm very happy that, to hear that you're doing well, uh, healing up oh, quick. Yeah. So uh, so good luck with that in the future, too. And uh, thank you so much for doing this with us. I appreciate it.
2: My honor, brother. I'll, I'll see you on the mat window, okay? I hope all so. Right. I hope so. Peace. All Peace right.
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Before you go, if you were listening at the uh, beginning of the episode, I said today we would probably be uh, giving away a Fuji Gi, and we are. All you have to do to win one of those Gis is go to the and take a quick survey about whether or not you wash your belt. Then you are automatically enter- entered to win a Fuji Gi of your choice. I already went to the random number generator and to the site, and the winner today is number 56, Cheney. Cheney, all you have to do to claim your prize is wait for my email. Then you will have 72 hours to respond. You will have all the info you need to pick the Fuji Gi of your choice, and the prize will be on its way. Again, all you have to do to be a lucky winner like Cheney is go to therolleradio.com and take the survey. Do you wash your belt? Then you are automatically enrolled to win. We give away one every month, and today, Cheney is the lucky winner.